You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good evening, Rifters. This is Rift and Rules, the 5e D&D podcast where we go through the many 5e books and talk about various rules to enhance your gameplay experience. I'm Nathan, the Dungeon Master of Riftwike. And I'm Remy, Morris on Riftwick. And today we're here to talk about trolls. <laughs> trolls are a classic monster in Dungeons and Dragons. And high up there on the list for both Nathan and myself. They're cool. They can be scary if they are played right. So, Nathan, what makes trolls interesting to you? Well, I would say that trolls are uninteresting because of how they die. Or rather, don't. Exactly. Because when you, um, we're talking about a typical troll here, when you reduce it down to zero hit points, if you don't use um, fire on it or acid, it will come back in the ne- on its next turn with 10 hit points. Correct. So it's not just that it gets back up, but that trolls are a monster that has regeneration. So every single turn, For a standard troll, if it doesn't take acid or fire damage, it will get 10 hit points at the start of its turn. You attack it, next turn it just gets 10 hit points back. It gets knocked knocked unconscious when it's at zero hit points. It does not die when it gets to zero hit points, unlike most standard monsters tend to. It even says in the troll's regeneration trait, the troll dies only if it starts its turn with zero hit points and doesn't regenerate. And that phrasing, dies only if, has interesting implications too. So, in D&D and in Dungeons and Dragons, specific rules always beat general rules. So, when it says, dies only if, that would mean it does not have to worry about death saving throws. It does not have to worry about massive damage when it's at zero hit points. It even has in the description of trolls that they can be decayed 
decapitated and still live. It's actually kind of neat. So there is the standard troll, but there's also a whole lot of other types. One of them is referred to just as the troll variant in parentheses. And that is a type of troll where when it takes 15 slashing damage, you roll a d20 and it will potentially lose a leg or an arm or its head, but still be conscious even with that. And the severed leg or arm or head are still active. So then you could have a severed arm just crawling towards the party, trying to still attack. The head could still be trying to use its tongue to roll itself back in the direction of a body. It is a fucked creature. I, I was thinking, right, about the rules when it comes to a situation where it regenerates. So here's a question. What would happen if you cubed a troll? I'm sorry, I just didn't hear part of that. If you what, a troll? If you cubed a troll. Cubed? Are you referring to a dire troll? Not really. So imagine this. Trolls have the ability to regenerate, right? So what happens if you split it into so many tiny pieces and separate these tiny pieces from each other? Would they become individual trolls or would they just stay that way, unable to regenerate? That's the question I have. Based on the rules, you see, it would mean that the troll would come back. Part of it would depend on what specific type of troll you're using. For the standard troll, there is the part with the most mass generally seems to be the one that still is conscious. So it mentions that they can be decapitated and that the body will still try to act on its own. So oddly enough, it does not necessarily seem to be the head that has the consciousness for a standard troll. For the variant troll, it mentions that the head is still conscious and tries to get back to the body generally. So it could be argued that if you split up a troll and just have the pieces spread out, that the pieces will just try to get back to each other. Or as a DM, you could just make the argument that say, after 24 hours or a long rest, that disassembled pieces lose connection to the main and that the troll will regenerate a new arm or a new head. And this is one of those times where you can just make it. Well, one time you can always just make a DM ruling for whatever you want to happen. Honestly, definitely. I, I actually have like something on that concept where imagine, okay, there's this monster that cannot be killed as insane regeneration, but they managed to cut it up into little pieces and separate them. And here's the thing. It becomes this ultimate, like destroy everything kind of weapon where if you manage to get all the pieces and you piece it back together, you have effectively a monster that won't be stopped. Have you ever seen the television show Buffy the Vampire Slayer? No. They do that. (laughs) There is a creature called the Judge that was successfully dismembered centuries ago, but a villain 
tries to assemble the pieces to bring it back. But in D&D terms, that actually is a thing you could do using Troll as a template, because besides just the fact that they are a powerful creature with a very impressive regeneration, they also have a lesser known kind of passive ability that is way underutilized, in my opinion. So in the description of Trolls below the stat block in the monster manual, there's a description that follows thus troll freaks their regenerative capabilities make trolls especially susceptible to mutation although uncommon such transformations can result from what the troll has done or what has been done to it a decapitated troll might grow two heads from the stump of its neck while a troll that eats a fey creature might gain one or more of that creature's traits so that very last bit has interesting implications. A troll that eats a creature can gain some of its traits, potentially? That is awesome. So in the Monster Manual and various other books, there are other varieties of troll that are assumed to be from that trait. There is a venom troll. There is a dire troll that we'll actually get a little more into later because that is an awesome creature but yeah uh regular troll venom troll forearm troll five arm troll which is a little bit odd to do that but anyway uh there is a rot troll there's a lot of types of trolls that are assumed to have used this ability uh, there also is a spirit troll that I don't know how comes to be, but exists. So I guess trolls just can become ghosts. So cool. Anyway, uh, yes, troll gaining traits. So it would not be difficult to either have a evil magic user, I guess they don't even have to be magic users, just any villain could capture a troll and then just experiment on it to try to give it traits of other creatures. Or it's possible that just a troll in the wild has the colossal luck to stumble across useful traits. So there are creatures that are immune to fire or acid damage. So let's say a party of adventurers kills a red dragon and then they loot it. They even skin it and take its scales and then just leave the rest of the corpse because not as useful. So if a troll just stumbles across that massive amount of meat, hey, that's a lot of food. Troll eats the dragon, and with the sheer mass of it, that would, I would say, have pretty good odds of it getting a trait or two from the dragon. So then you could have a troll that gains the immunity to fire of the dragon, maybe even grows scales of its own to give it a better natural armor bonus. And then you have, for all intents and purposes, a half-dragon troll that is immune to fire and then would only potentially be killable by acid. That alone is a horrifically dangerous creature. I mean, not to mention, for funsies, you could even potentially give it fire breath on top of all that. That's a cool monster. Or you could even take it a step farther. 
there's, let me think, uh, black pudding. That would work. So uh, black pudding is a creature immune to acid damage. So if, let's say, this same half-dragon troll stumbles across a black pudding and eventually eats it, or, I mean, if you're eating an acidic creature, that's a little suspension of disbelief breaking, but let's just go with it for the sake of argument. Or you could just say that this is an experiment by a not very nice person. Either way, the result. If you have a troll that is completely immune to fire and acid damage, then with its regeneration, saying it only dies if it starts its turn with zero hit points and doesn't regenerate. So again, only dies. So not killed by death saving throw failures, not killed by massive damage, not killed by levels of exhaustion. So you have a fully immortal creature that cannot die. It won't suffocate. It might just stay unconscious, but it will not die. So you have a creature that you can only try to lock away somewhere, somehow. As we are talking about varieties of troll, that's something that comes to mind. I wonder what a troll that has taken a bite out of a Tarask would be like. And let's just give anyone who doesn't know what Tarask is. So the Tarask is considered to be one of the ultimate dangerous monsters in D&D. It is a CR 30 creature, which puts it comparable to Tiamat, who is a god. And this is just a creature. It is sometimes referred to as the Godzilla of D&D. It is a scary, scary fucking thing. Yes, now imagine a troll with that kind of power. I mean, having any creature that is sentient with some of the abilities of the Tarrasque is terrifying. Definitely. I mean, sorry, quick tangent, but worth mentioning. Trolls are monster, well, technically giants, but they are often portrayed as being stupid or not sentient. but. They're really not that low. They, the average troll has an intelligence of seven and a wisdom of nine, which makes them smarter than Morris. <laughs> uh, yeah. But the point being, this is an average stat block. So if you have a normal potential distribution of abilities, you can have smart trolls out there and having the abilities available troll with let's say a intelligence and wisdom high enough to actually have a schemer type troll that could be a really cool villain actually just have a creature that knows hey wait if i eat things i can become more powerful and to purposefully hunt down or maybe even hire adventures to find things for it to eat that's a cool character <laughs> Note to self, do that in the game. <laughs> so there are lots of varieties of trolls. So one more that I want to go over is the dire troll. So a dire troll comes to be when a troll indulges in cannibalism. So when it eats other trolls and doing that causes horrific series of mutations for the most part but 
in a powerful and kind of cool way, honestly. So it upgrades from a large to huge sized creature. It more than doubles its hit points and its regeneration upgrades because of it taking on the regeneration of the troll it eats. So it becomes the troll regains 10 hit points at the start of its turn. If the troll takes acid or fire damage, it regains only 5 hit points at the start of its next turn. The troll dies only if it's hit by an attack that deals 10 or more acid or fire damage while the troll has 0 hit points. So it is way harder to kill a dire troll. Even taking acid or fire damage doesn't stop their regeneration. It just halves it from 10 to 5 hit points. And again, there's that dies only if hit by an attack dealing 10 or more acid or fire damage. So a regular troll will die if it just takes one acid or fire damage. So you could just light a torch and poke it, and that will kill a troll. But for a dire troll, having to do 10 points of damage really does make that harder. You need to actually have some source of acid or fire, whether that is magic or a magic item, or you'd have to basically lure it into a burning building or something to get it to take enough fire damage to finally die. So you could create a horror movie-like scenario of this troll chasing you through a hallway that you're trying to have the party members ahead light the room on fire to finally burn this thing to death. Okay, so let's talk about some of our experiences with uh, trolls in our own games. So I've I've not actually been playing D and D for an extremely long time, so I really only have one story, and it's played out um, the same way, um, more or less the same way, two times. So. In one of the episodes on Riftwake, uh, the party finds a troll at Jordan Bridge. And here's the thing. I've actually used that scene before in a house game before. And it's one of the games that I consider to be really, really fun because of the sort of tension it created. So what I did was I had a bunch of soldiers guarding the bridge and they were trying to stop the troll, same as the episode. And the party tries to go in and so does the guards and the guards are taken out one by one. And it really showcases how powerful and dangerous the troll is. And once the party gets to the troll, they really reach the part where it's actually important when it comes to fighting a troll, to be honest, which is the part where it dies. So when you kill it, it's like, yes, I've done it, finally. And then I always love to do that thing where, and that's combat, and you turn around, nothing, and, and that's what I did for the first game, and suddenly you hear a sound and basically bring the party back into it, and they're like, oh, shit, you know? And that's basically why I found it really fun. Yeah, a big part of the fun of trolls is when you have at least one person in the group who 
doesn't know about how troll regeneration works. So when you have that moment where, yay, we've beaten it, we've reduced it to zero hit points and it's unconscious in the ground, and then and you see its wounds close and slowly it returns to its feet. What the fuck? What's happening? Why won't it die? And if you don't know the mechanics of how a troll works, it is so much fun to have that situation of what is happening? What do we do? So this is actually one of the monsters that actually, I would say, triggers metagaming almost more than any other thing. Because a lot of D&D players have fought a troll at some time or other and don't think about or want to think about that their character may or may not know how trolls work. And honestly, I myself fall victim to this. So I know how a troll works, but Morris didn't in that situation. So he just kept crushing its skull and the troll just kept getting back up. So it fell to Gorif to, oh, right, trolls, this, this is how we kill it. And eventually managed it but try to remember when you are a player finding a troll or a dm sending a troll against a party to remind everyone you may know how trolls work but does your character that is absolutely a question worth asking uh, also one thing that we have been somewhat remiss in mentioning. We talked about how powerful the Trolls Regeneration is, but we forgot to actually mention that, yet they're actually just flat-out scary in a fight, too. A Troll is a CR5 creature that has three attacks every turn. It can bite and it can claw twice. Or for the other stronger variations of Troll, the Forearm Troll makes five attacks a bite and four claws so again when you consider action economy of a troll versus a party it's getting three attacks a turn or five attacks a turn or if you have a situation where there is a duo or trio of trolls then it very much is a creature with action economy in its favor more than some others All right, so my own story time. So I mentioned the whole troll potentially eating a dragon to gain its fire immunity. That was a rather specific example because I did that in a one-shot in uh, DragonCon 2019. So I played with a group of players who were trying to recruit this half dragon troll for a circus that was down on his luck that wanted to have a new attraction so instead of having just a typical combat encounter with this powerful creature the goal of it was to try to convince this thing to join so you have a creature that is immune to one of his two weaknesses. It did have fire breath and it was a little bit smarter than the average troll. And they had to try to keep it not 
violent against them. And that was a really fun one shot. It's always interesting to see how players who do know how trolls work and realize how dangerous this creature is and also have their characters realize how dangerous this is. Ah, that was a good time. Trolls are fun. That really sums it up. They're cool and you should use them more. And also, their mutationability is a lot of fun, and DMs get creative with that. Thanks for listening to this episode of Rifts and Rules. Please give us a review and give us five stars on iTunes. Also, support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash podcast. Tears start as low as a dollar, and even that really helps us out. Supporters get benefits such as behind-the-scenes content, early access to episodes, access to the Patreon Discord, where you'll be able to chat with the cast, and even a shout-out on the show. Find us on social media, on Twitter, at Riffwake Podcast, on Facebook, at Riffwake, on Reddit, on the subreddit, r slash Riffwake Podcast. And now, send us an email, riffsandrules at gmail.com. That's riffsandrules at gmail.com. Have a good one. Bye! Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.